Well, and let's also talk about all the unproductive things we do as distractions, oh, our phones, God, yeah. social media, mm-hmm. all the streaming services. And I just want to add, mm-hmm. just in the last week, we have re-added Hulu and we've yeah, got Disney for Plus. Disney? Did you do that? I did too. Well, as okay, Verizon customers, we get Disney Plus for a year for free. So like um, part of it is just, it's winter and like we're, we love to just watch a lot of TV in the winter. So, yeah, um, yeah. but it's a distraction because I'm thinking like, I don't have time to write, but I've also watched three episodes of Dancing with the Stars in the last 24 hours. <laughs> you know. and welcome to the Advice Not Given podcast. Each week, we share unfiltered, truth-telling conversations between two friends. You're invited to eavesdrop as we give each other the advice you didn't ask for, but wish you did. We're your hosts, Kelly Artis and Claire Wood of Melspo Gurus, and this is Advice Not Given. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to episode 15 of the Advice Not Given podcast, Today, Kelly and I are digging really deep into something that um, has quite honestly impacted both of us, and we feel like it impacts many of our listeners. And um, it's something that deals with this idea of whether or not we can tolerate all of the uncertainty in our lives. Uh, Just to give a quick little backstory, Kelly and I first connected and we first kind of got our Milspo Gurus thing going over this idea that so many military spouses share the same sets of stressors, the same sets of uncertainties. And not only do we share them, but we keep repeating them in a cyclical way. And it was out of that that we uh, got our course together on becoming your own guru, where we take those stress points and we hold the Enneagram over them as an overlay to see how we can work through them. And so as we've continued to study and continued to work with that, um, we just felt like this was a worthy topic of coming back and discussing a little bit more. And so today we're bringing you, uh, again, not professional psychologists, but something that has a lot of implications with mental health and psychology. And we just want to say again, we are not professionals, <laughs> but we have a lot of thoughts and opinions on this. So um, again, the importance of being able to tolerate uncertainty and kind of what can happen when you don't and then how we can try to overcome it. So Kelly, what are some examples of this like in day-to-day life for us? Oh my gosh. Well, so, and it's funny because some people have a different tolerance level for uncertainty, right? So there's some things that um, I'll mention that you might say, oh, that's not that stressful. But for some people, it's really stressful. So we're trying to take kind of a holistic approach to the the ways in which we're talking about this. Um, So some like probably more common things that may stress us out, specifically as parents, um, are going to be things like sending your child to their first ever sleepover. (laughs) How's that going to go? Like, you know, are you trying to, or maybe you have a teenager that you're giving some newfound freedom to, like, do you want to call them or put tracking devices on their device, you know, their cell phones or whatnot? Um, Sports tryouts, theater tryouts for your kids or, you know, yourself too, whatever. Um, One thing that kind of uh, rang a bell for me and several friends of mine lately are health scares. So like waiting for test results um, on a biopsy or, or something like that, or even, you know, waiting out of pregnancy to make sure everything's okay, you know, like high risk pregnancies, things like that. Um, They can really just kind of hang over you depending on, you know, what your anxiety levels are are around uh, just any of those uncertainties. And uh, 
Ooh, when it comes to military life, <laughs> we could probably write a book on it. Um, but some of the the bigger things that immediately come to mind are, you know, waiting out a deployment. Uh, you know, is your service member going to be safe? Where are they? What are they doing? Because a lot of times we don't have a ton of information um, about, you know, what their mission is or whatnot. Waiting on PCS orders. <laughs> it's like always a thing. Like you're pretty yep. much... You're, yeah, cleric, you know, you're pretty much always vulnerable to move, right? Like there's always that chance. So you can't uh, plan out or forecast too far in the future for your life. So that's uncertainty. Um, you know, things like your your service member's career, there are typically some areas of uncertainty when it comes to, you know, promotions or things like that. Those are always um, kind of big stressors that can play out throughout the whole family and not just the the service member. So there's just, there's a lot, um, there's a lot that we deal with. And I think, I know for for me, it, any of these topics that Claire and I cover, I know that I had just kind of hit a point in my life where I'm like, things shouldn't be this hard. Why am I having such a hard time because, you know, of some external situation in my life? And what it all boils down to is there are psychological reasons for things being hard right? <laughs> and your, and your perception of hard. And I feel like putting a name to things and finding some science behind things helps me approach these challenges a little more clearly. Um, it helps me show myself a little more grace in the process. So when I feel like things are unraveling or I don't have a handle on things, it's because I don't have a handle on things and that's okay. So, um, so yeah, so that's kind of what we wanted to, to focus on. We'll probably come back to a lot of these different scenarios while we're talking about this topic um, and bringing up some articles and things that we found that um, were a fascinating and also helpful and um, hopefully provide you guys with some, or let's be real. We'll provide ourselves with some advice exactly. <laughs> to move, to move forward and to maybe handle uncertainty a little bit better. Yeah. So as Kelly mentioned, like this whole feeling stuck and like questioning, why do I feel the way I feel? Well, we're looking at something that's actually like a psychological phenomenon. And what we've read and studied is that when you kind of ignore that, there are fairly detrimental things that can go on, particularly with your physical and mental health. Um, coping mechanisms that don't feel like you're really coping, right? Like we can slide into um, clinical or situational anxiety, depression, things like compulsive disorders in a main, as a means to try to control these feelings of unpredictability and uncertainty. And um, we both can speak to the fact that, you know, those are very real things. And we know many of you listening can also, you know, relate to that. And um, it's just very interesting to us how all of that impacts everything. Like it just, you can't just separate the, oh, well, we're waiting for orders or, oh, I'm waiting to hear if my husband's on the command list. It's very hard to just separate that from every other aspect of your life. And so uh, one of the things that I came across and I came across this years ago and it both stressed me out and gave me comfort to find out <laughs> about it. It's called the Holmes Ray Stress Inventory. And it basically takes about 43 different life events and categorizes them from most stressful to least stressful. And it provides a point value for each one. And you can go online, we'll link it. But you take this and it tells you kind of where you fall in the stress scale. Well, if you are above a 300, it tells you that you are 80, there's an 80% chance that you will encounter a major health event within two years. Mm. Okay. Mm. And I was telling Kelly, 
when you hit that like 300 level point score, it's actually really difficult to go below that as a military family because so many of the things on that list are things that we deal with and we continue to deal with and we may you know, avoid it for two years and it comes back up again. So we're set up to have these, um, you know, potential health and, and mental health issues by nature of the life we're living. And so, as she mentioned, we just want to take back control of that. We want to name what it is. We want to see, um, you know, what can we do just in a very practical way to change the conversation, to change behavior, to change thought patterns. And um, that's kind of where we're, we're talking today. Yeah. So, and just to give you an, you guys an idea of kind of where all of this came from. So there is actually like a scientific term for what we're talking about, and it's called the intolerance of uncertainty. Um, and there was a study done a few years back with people that came into a lab and were playing a computer game. And so the computer game was basically like you're walking through the scenario and there are rocks and you have to pick up all the rocks and you have to find snakes under rocks. <laughs> um I don't know about you, Claire. I can't play like any of the Fortnite kind of games or anything because I get so stressed out. Like I get stressed out. I get stressed like- out watching like crime TV. So I, yeah, yeah, I can't. Okay. Well, I'm not that bad, but like playing the games is something different because you're in the scenario, right? So this basically, okay, this wasn't like, you know, Call of Duty. It was some silly little lab game, but there were, there were snakes hiding under the rocks. Um, you needed to learn over time as a participant, like which rocks we're more likely to have a snake. So you develop patterns. There's, you know, there's strategy involved. And when you found a snake, they gave administered like a little shock, like nothing tragic, just, you know, something, some negative stimulus. Um, they found, you know, people got better at predicting where the snakes were. And then of course they mixed it all up and hid the snakes randomly, all this stuff. But anyway, the point of what, um, the, the conclusion that they came to was that um, they were able to predict how stressed out people would be not just whether or not they were getting shocked. Like if, okay, so I'm approaching a rock and I know, I know there's a snake under that rock. I know I'm going to get a shock. Right. That wasn't as big of a deal. The actual pain from the shock was less traumatic, so to speak, than the uncertainty around which rocks did or did not have the snake. So it was worse to be stressed out over the uncertainty of where the snake was than it was to just be like, okay, go ahead and give me the shock. (laughs) So know it's coming. Yeah. You know, it's coming. So, you know, basically the work around that has evolved obviously into, you know, especially studies into like anxiety and things like that because of the fact that some people have a higher tolerance for being able to enter into those spaces of uncertainty um, and kind of just go with it. And some people do not. And so, Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's funny. I'm thinking back to this past weekend. I had to stay with a friend in the ER for a a minor health problem. It was a kidney stone. And um, she was like so chill. Like her blood pressure was really low and they had to do a CT scan. And she's like, yeah, it's a kidney stone. And I am already nervous for her. What if they find something else? What if it's actually not a kidney stone, but this is like her husband's deployed. Like, what if this is cancer? And I have to tell, like, I'm going down this road all because of the uncertainty of it. And I just see how like two different people are reacting here. And I think if they had taken my blood pressure, they would have probably admitted me to the hospital. <laughs> but she's like, cool. She's coping with it. It's not a big deal to her. And um, so, yeah, I'm anxious to hear some of the stuff we're going to talk about today just for some personal yeah. application of just how to bring myself back down into like a chill, yeah. like every little thing's going to be all right kind of mode. <laughs> 
Right. And it's not even something that's happening to you. That's crazy. Right. Um, so <laughs> I'm reading further down. So the article that I'm, I'm looking at now, we'll link all of this to you guys later on. It's a Forbes article um, and it's a couple of years old. It's why uncertainty is more stressful than certainty of bad things to come. Um, so that kind of sums it up nicely. But they're talking about how even um, like apps and technology has have adapted to this sort of like behavioral, you know, pattern that they're seeing in human beings. Right. Think about Uber. Right? You're yeah. stressed out because you need to get somewhere on time. You call a cab and they say, sure, we'll come get you. You have no idea where they are, when they're going to get there, who the driver is going to be. Right. But Uber puts the driver's face, their name, their license plate, and, and track them on the yes. route with the yeah. car on the screen. And who does not sit and like obsessively watch that car? You know, <laughs> like, oh my yeah. God, why are you turning around? And what are you doing? And don't go that way. And, yeah. um, but it help, but it does. It calms you because you know you are certain they will arrive. You know, barring anything serious, you know, crazy, like they'll be there. Um, yeah. Isn't that crazy? So then there's another example they give where um, I guess researchers from University of Virginia looked at whether people would rather sit alone in a room with distractions like music, sit with no distractions, or sit and give themselves <laughs> a mild electric shock. <laughs> And lo they said, lo and behold, people, especially men, would rather shock themselves than be alone with their thoughts. <laughs> so yeah. the, the study basically kind of they're tying it to say, like, we'd rather know what's coming, even if it's bad, than to not be able to predict it. So if you're feeling like maybe some of this sounds like you or you're not really sure exactly what we're talking about, um, we found another great article from a website. It's called heretohelp.bc.ca. And this one is talking about how to tolerate uncertainty. So we are going to give you guys some advice. Like we're going to try to figure out how to like diagnose, quote unquote, and then also, you know, have strategies um, to handle this better. And I really love this article because it also talks about intolerance of uncertainty is a lot like having an allergy. So mm -hmm. think of it in those, those, you know, that framework. Some people have really severe allergies. Some people have mild allergies. Some people don't have them at all. Um, so that's kind of how we're, we're talking about this. Um, when you are allergic to something and you're exposed to a little bit of that something, um, you have a reaction, right? So the reaction could be mild, severe, whatever. But you also build up immunity to it. As you exactly, yeah. so that's where we're headed. So the idea being, you know, once you're to treat allergies, a lot of times I know homeopathic medicine does this a lot. They will start to like gradually introduce the allergen to your system right. to help your body like acclimate to it. And you know what? I don't actually I have no idea how that works. You're talking about like, like eating local honey, right? Like you're eating yes. local honey. And then my son, who actually had allergy allergies, he took immune. Uh, immunotherapy or no, that wasn't it. Allergy shots, basically, mm -hmm. where they're literally injecting him with small doses of the things he's allergic to, to build that up. Totally. Yeah. So yeah. let's think of it in those terms, you guys. Um, so. Well, real quick, how, how yeah. allergic do you feel like you are on the scale of allergic? Mm -hmm. Okay. If I am a one to 10, I, I am pretty stoic by nature. So I'm going to go with like a, I don't like uncertainty. Oof. Oh, you get me. I got to be real here. Um, I'm going to say like a four. Okay. I'm going to say like an eight or a nine. Because really? I, wow. I pretty much just kind of have a come apart every time we are like waiting on something. Like even just knowing, like waiting on my mammogram results to come back. I'm yeah, like, that's a big one there. Yeah. 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 But, yeah. but orders. Um, and I, I'm feeling like the older I get, the qu more quickly I'm able to like bring it back in. 
but I'm mm-hmm. on initial, you know, <laughs> with, uh, on initial, um, knowledge of something, I'm just zero to a hundred. Do you feel like you have the same reaction no matter what the uncertain thing is, or do you, is it gauge it accordingly? Gauge it accordingly. I think okay. So I'm sorry, I keep interrupting. Go no, ahead. No, no, that's great. Some of the behavior, Kelly, that people do when they're not very tolerant of uncertainty. Okay, so I'm going to read these out. So I actually don't feel like a lot of these resonate for me. So that's interesting. And I, I'm excited to hear, you know, your thoughts on these. Um, the first one is seeking excessive reassurance from others. So yep. this, <laughs> this might be asking friends or family their opinion on a decision you have to make. Um, so I have people like this in my life um, and I don't. I don't know. I, that's not something that I go to. So you said, yep. What does that look like for you? So that looks like a year and a half ago when I was presented with two different job opportunities, I literally made probably 10 phone calls. Well, what do you think I should do? Wow. Which one sounds <laughs> yeah. more like it's, it's part of my Enneagram six. I don't yep. trust my own inner committee. So I have to literally mm-hmm. locate an outer committee. Um, but and in the end, I finally just said, you know what? This is my decision to make. And yeah. after I had all their input, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but that's, but I'm, I'm more aware of that. And so I'm trying to stop seeking that reassurance from everybody. And, and instead just job. saying, hey, I do. I trust the person I see in the mirror. That's who I trust. Yeah. So I'm, a, I'm an Enneagram 5. And I uh, trust more concrete resources and not so much people. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I go to research and that's the struggle that I have is trusting that I am competent enough to make decisions and I right. don't need to like learn more, read more books, whatever. Like I'm like, oh wait, I got to Google it and research it and all this stuff. And it doesn't really have to be that complicated. Right. Um, so, okay. Interesting. All right. So the next one is list making. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't even need to read this one. I think all of us probably <laughs> land here in some way, shape or form, but um, as a way of eliminating uncertainty, people make long detailed to-do lists, um, sometimes several today or I'll add yes I have a (laughs) major planner that has like goal setting and Mm -hmm. list making and I highlight things but what I was going to add to this is think of all the military spouses that have their PCS notebooks right (laughs) if we want to talk about a long and detailed list um try looking at a notebook (laughs) yeah it's almost it's a way of like distracting yourself too like and feeling like you're doing something even in moments where you're just waiting and there's nothing yeah. else to really do. You, you know, yeah. I'm, yeah. I, I've, yeah. The whole, the whole piece of when I don't maybe feel like I'm getting a lot done or I'm not very feeling, I'm not feeling oh, yeah. productive mm-hmm. seeing things in writing and then crossing them off or putting a check mark by them. It does give you some faults maybe, sure. but it does give you some sense of control and productivity. Yeah, absolutely. Um, another one is double checking. So mm-hmm. calling loved ones repeatedly to make sure they're okay, or you're rereading emails several times to check. <laughs> okay, so my favorite is like, you've ever seen those like screenshots of text threads? And it's like, yep. <laughs> it's like, hey, how's it going? And somebody says fine. And they go, okay, are you mad at me? Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> just, your, your fine seemed, seemed, you know, away. Like, <laughs> There's also a meme that's been out recently that says something along the lines of, I always go to my sent folder on my email and sit and read the email as if I'm the person who received it just to see how they might feel. And I do that all the time. Like I always, especially something lengthy or like something like very important. I'll go back and reread it one more time. Yeah. So I... 
I am guilty. So I have an undo send button like on my email. So I mm-hmm. always have that option of like pulling it back after I hit send. Mm-hmm. And something about that like finality of hitting send makes you like immediately like really hyper-focused on yes. the message itself. And you can catch the errors as soon as you hit Ooh. send, whatever it is. I don't know what that is. And it doesn't send it. It actually just yeah. caches it somewhere so that, you know, it'll wait and delay send, but you can cancel it in that moment. So for some reason, it's like this brilliant way for my brain to be like hyper-focused and like proofread at like hyper-speed <laughs> make sure, do I really want to say that? And like, more often than not, I pull the messages back and tweak them and then send them out. Mm-hmm. That's Crazy. Good. Yep. Um, okay. Another one is refusing to delegate tasks to others. Um, so that's just control thing, right? Like you want to be sure you can't be sure that it will be done correctly unless you do it. I feel like I'm really good at that though. Like I used to be a little more like, I'll just do it myself, but I'm tired and I have raised three kids along with my husband and my whole goal is to train them to like be independent. So you know what? Like I, I love delegating and I think it's very, it's one of my greatest strengths, I think. (laughs) But do you, okay. So do you actually delegate and then not stress out about the way it's being done? Really? Wow. Okay. That's awesome. I I have Um, a friend that we use the the phrase, not my monkey, not my back. Like it's not the monkey (laughs) on my back. Right. Right. Um, Right. So yeah, it, it done is done. And yeah, I'm not one of those moms that's like, here, let me teach you to make your bed. And then when the kid leaves, like, I'm going to go tuck the corners. Nope. I'm like, you did it. Good job. (laughs) (laughs) I like that. Um, Okay. Another one is procrastination or avoidance. And this one has my name written all over it Um, (laughs) because it says being uncertain can cause anxiety. So some people just procrastinate or avoid the people, places, or situations. Mm and I, what I saw again a meme. I saw a meme the other day that was like, if you if you just avoid your problem, you've got a fifty fifty chance that it'll either work out on its own or it'll be disastrous. And like, I'll take those odds. Like, it's yeah. like, <laughs> Give me an example of something you have like avoided or you're procrastinating as an example. Um. Oh, let me think. Well, I'm avoiding my yard right now. Oh, you know what? Yeah, I'm avoiding the wasp infestation in the basement. <laughs> My husband told me before he left, like, hey, it was really freakishly warm. And so they rehatched in November. Like, oh, nice. well, I, I don't know. Anyway, apparently when he was packing all his crap up to leave, he found some, there were a lot of wasps. And him being like really allergic, um, didn't, couldn't deal with this. We call our bug person. She comes in, she sprays all this stuff. And she's like, okay, you got to go back down there in a few days and see what the situation is. Um, it's been two and a half weeks. And I have not gone back down there. Nice. <laughs> job. And I'm like, they'll freeze, right? Like, there's no heat down there. They'll just die. Like, it's yeah. fine. Or, or next spring, probably, um, they're going to come back with a vengeance. So I don't know. That's one that I'm just like, eh, it'll be okay. Mm-hmm. I'll figure it out, you guys. Don't worry about me. Yeah. I got Good it. Good job. I, I, I got my tires fixed. I'm, hey, I'm, one <laughs> thing at a time. Yeah. One thing, one at, thing a time. at a time. <laughs> yeah. Um, so another one is distraction. And this is actually the last one they've got listed. So a lot of people um, will just keep busy. So you don't have to think about the uncertainty. And that kind of goes back to even making the list, right? Are you putting yeah. things on your list just to keep you busy and to keep you from like overthinking or being quiet and alone with your thoughts? Um, so I think, yeah, I could definitely see that. Well, and let's limited. also talk about all the unproductive things we do as distractions, oh, our phones, God, yeah. social media, mm-hmm. all the streaming services. And I just want to add, mm-hmm. 
just in the last week, we have re-added Hulu and we've yeah, got Disney Plus. Disney? Did you do that? I did too. Well, okay, as Verizon customers, we get Disney Plus for a year for free. So like um, part of it is just, it's winter and like we're, we yeah. love to just watch a lot of TV in the winter. So, yeah. um, yeah. but it's a distraction because I'm thinking like, I don't have time to write, but I've also watched three episodes of Dancing with the Stars in the last 24 hours. So, you know. Yep, exactly. <laughs> Although Disney Plus is legit. <laughs> I will never yeah. have to spend $5.99 on movie night ever again, like all yep. the movies. Anyway, so gentle plug. They are not sponsors. They should no. be sponsors. <laughs> Oh man. So, okay. So we've gone through some of the behavior. So if you got, if anything resonated, um, I'm sure some of it did just again, by nature of our lifestyle, if you are married to a military service member, this stuff is probably ever present. Um, so Absolutely. now it's a matter of, now it's a matter of like kind of ranking and identifying some of the behaviors that you're exhibiting. So the advice in this article, which by the way, you guys, this is a good one. Y'all should definitely all visit this, do the, mm-hmm. the it's got like step by step sort of action items. Um, So I'd highly encourage you to visit this. And a lot of it is centered around um, cognitive behavioral therapy. So basically, you can change neurological pathways in your brain by patterned behaviors, by consciously, intentionally creating um, or doing a behavior that you want to see, right? Whether or not that's your your go-to, your your habituated response, you can create your own new pattern. And then eventually your thoughts and feelings will change around that pattern um, to incorporate more healthy uh, sort of mental space around things like uncertainty. So yeah, two things, Kelly. Number one, yeah. can, you, can you tell our audience, where did you get your master's in counseling from? I don't have any such thing. <laughs> so again, take all this information to your therapist. You guys. Exactly. exactly. And, and any- exactly the same question. I would say it's a master's of English. So let's just, you know, don't look too, too closely here. Um, we then, know enough to be dangerous. That's what we like to say. Like Pretty much, pretty much. But the other thing I want to just reiterate here is like the whole real premise and point of this podcast for both of us, and we hope for you too, more self-awareness, right? And I think mm-hmm. this is a perfect example of something. Once you know what it is, you can be aware of it and you can change it. And so that's really where mm-hmm. this, you know, remainder of this episode, we really want to land is what do we do with it now? Now that we know, what do we do? So what's yep. the first step, Kelly? Yeah. And so also though, I will say, if you're curious about the Enneagram, you're having a hard time determining your type, this is where you need to spend some time. So this is going to identify a lot of your red flags, specifically if you are a type that is prone to this sort of anxiety or these sort of, um, this intolerance uh, to uncertainty. What it does is it's going to call out, yeah, these patterns of behaviors that you have and you're doing, you don't even know that you're doing them. Um, Okay. So the first thing you want to do is make a list of the behaviors Um, that you feel like you heard in that list earlier, you know, the reassurance, the double checking, the list making, all of those things. Make a list of the the types of ways that you do those things. So exactly how you heard Claire and I kind of give our personal anecdotes, like do that for yourself. Go through and think about how are ways that you do these things. And then you want to go through and rank them. So step two is to rank those behaviors according to anxiety. Um, So I want to read this out because I don't want to get it wrong. So it says, if you want to start acting, quote, as if you are in, you are tolerant of uncertainty. So that's the idea. You want to start to mirror um, maybe people or a persona in your mind 
I wish I were more chill, right? Like, or like Claire, you were just saying with your friend in the hospital, right? Like, do you, mm-hmm. I wish I could be in that situation and have low blood pressure. I mean, who knows what was going on in her heart and in her mind, but for the most part, she seemed at ease. Clinically, right? so, she was chilled out, but she had also clinically. had a huge dose of pain medication. <laughs> oh, so. <laughs> that probably helped. But so kind of envision that um, type of, of that that manifestation of yourself what do you what do you wish you could be right is that kind of like put, is that kind of like putting the picture of like a fitness model on your refrigerator like I'm gonna look like this by bikini season I no? mean I guess yeah Maybe. I mean yes I hate that or, but or yes like, <laughs> until you make it like you're not there but right. you're already like pretending to well, it's, I mean, think about like affirmations in the morning, yeah. right? You were smart. You were special. Mm-hmm. Like that's convincing yourself of, of you know, what you want to be or how you want to yeah. think. Yeah. Yeah. So, and that's essentially what this is, you know, this is getting at. So you want to start, um, it says, if you want to start acting as if you are tolerant of uncertainty, it's best to start small. Um, so make your list of things. So the, the examples that they give this, you know, theoretical person made a list and says, you know, delegating important tasks at work to others without checking up on it to see how it was done. That gives that person an anxiety level of 10 from a scale of one to zero or zero to 10. Yeah. <laughs> one to, more coffee. Um, so and then they go through and list out like all of the different behaviors and like specific examples, going out with friends and letting them make all the plans. That person gives that a six. That to me would give me a zero because that sounds like a dream. Yeah. <laughs> so, so rank out these sorts of things. When you notice that something gives you anxiety, what is it and where does it fall on your level? Um, okay. And so then the next thing you want to do, step three, is to practice tolerating uncertainty. Um, Claire, didn't we talk about the guy that got told no? Was yes. that on the podcast or was that a conversation? No, it was on a podcast. Yeah. He got okay, told no, well, no and no. Yeah. So the guy couldn't handle rejection. So he did this exact same exercise, but he did it with rejection. He couldn't handle being told no. So what he did was he came up with these random off the wall requests to ask strangers on the street because he knew they would say no. Yeah. Yeah, he knew. Yeah. So he was just practicing being told no. It was incredible. It was a cool experiment. But um, this is the same idea. So practice tolerating uncertainty. So come up with things on your list. Take a low level thing that gives you like a two or a three on the anxiety scale and do it. Okay. So for me, that might be going to the grocery store without a list. That just feels reckless to me because I have to. (laughs) Responsible. Well, not just that. Sounds expensive to me. It sounds expensive. And it sounds like, you know what? My week is so much smoother when I have a meal plan and my meal plan is easier to execute when I have all of the things I need. And I have all of the things I need when I have made a list. So that's where I'm kind of stuck on this. So it's like, I wonder though, if that's not just being organized yeah. or are you attaching anxiety to it? Like um, it does give me anxiety if I have to go back to okay. Walmart in the middle of the week or on a payday or have to go in the store uh, instead of getting my grocery order, like my pickup. Mm-hmm. I mean, not like major, but just kind of like, Ugh, why, do, why am I here again? So maybe yeah. that's not a good example for me. Maybe I need to I try know, something. I feel like that's. I feel like that's really functional for your family. Like okay. you, your, your system would fall into chaos without that. Okay, here's a good one. Here's a good one. So my kids are, you know, venturing out into the world with little babysitting and refereeing jobs mm-hmm. and my son's starting to drive. And um, maybe for me, that would be 
not watching my daughter walk home on Life 360 from one street over in our neighborhood, but trusting that when she gets finished babysitting, she's coming straight home and I'll just see her when she walks in the door and I'm not like eagle patrolling her on an app. That's what I Yeah, so we... We did this the other day at the pumpkin patch. So they had this whole, well, I mean, it was a couple months ago, but we had this whole like playground set up and a bouncy thing and a tractor ride. I mean, you know, it's a whole farm full of Mm -hmm. activities for kids. And the kids wanted to just go wild and like run all over the place. And mine are nine and seven. So they're still, I don't know. I feel like they're little. Um, They don't have devices or cell phones or anything, you know, so there's no way to really keep tabs on them. And my daughter has been like dying for more freedom. So I told her, I was like, this is where we're going to sit. And I want you to check in every 30 minutes. Uh-huh. She did. She did. I knew I could trust her. I'd never trust my son to do that. But I gave yeah. her that freedom. I was like, y'all got to stay together and you got to come check in every 30 minutes. And I, it was killing me. And I kind of had eyes on them for most of the time. But the moments that I lost them um, were a little scary. But again, uh-huh. I think that's just um, exposure to that, right? Yeah. You got to do it in small doses. So, so yeah. So the idea here is to pick three things a week to expose yourself to. As far as uncertainty is concerned. Um, <laughs> again, when you talk about military life sort of uncertainties, you're kind of always exposed to them. <laughs> so mm-hmm. y'all start, start small. Here's, <laughs> if a, you here's are... a military example I can give you for that. Since we've okay. heard the penciling in of where we're going next, I have had some real deep dives on Zillow <laughs> looking at houses. Uh... <laughs> but there's really no point in that because we can't do anything yet, right? So for me, that's distraction, it's a distraction. It's mm-hmm. um, jumping six months ahead when I have a lot to be involved in and present for here. So maybe for me, that's not looking at Zillow and not mm. zoning out on. I mean, in time, it will be important to do it. But today, I don't need to. That's not I need it right now. Yeah. 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 Can you think of one for military life? I don't watch the news. Okay. Same. That's a big one. Um, I, and it's kind of just a household rule. A, I don't like ad-driven news networks, but um, I don't want to see what's happening overseas, you yeah. know, because gives me it gives me less to worry about. I mean, it yeah. kind of keeps me in the dark to some no, extent, but no, I don't I agree. know any of that. So that to me, now, I don't think that's one that I need to change, though. Like, I don't right. feel like I just, you know. Yeah, no, that's not one I'm going to change. <laughs> but that is one that, that's one method that I use of, of um, not, kind of falling down this hole of anxiety or dealing or focusing on things that I can't control. So it's more proactive then for you to just, yeah. Well, yeah. Cause if you think about it, the more I'm watching the, let's say you're watching that. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, flip it. So if you're watching the news and you see something go down, um, Oh my God, what is, where was that? How close, mm-hmm. you know? And then of course what they do is they close down all the phones, like the bases or whatever go on lockdown. Right. Okay. Let me, let me frame this for folks who may not have a reference point to military life. Um, you, there are, you know, casualties and things that happen everywhere, even here in, you know, mm-hmm. on, in the States, training accidents and whatnot. Um, but what happens is a lot of times, sadly, the news will get a hold of a, of a thing, of an event, an accident or a, a casualty or a, a whatever. Um, and they'll start reporting on it. A lot of times social media will blow up because some spouses are a little more in the know than others as far as maybe they work on base or, or whatever. Um, and sadly, a lot of times uh, people will find out about uh, casualties before the official notification channels um, are able to activate. So they, so, they call it blackout or lockdown? Or- so, so whenever there's something that happens, they do to try to mitigate that risk. They put everyone on lockdown or blackout um, for the phone. So like if you're 
if your service member is overseas, let's say they're deployed, something happens, you see it in the news, you're freaking out because they haven't called. And they you can't, can't call. Yeah. Yeah, they can't. They're not so that's the whole point. Because if they call and say, something happened, I'm okay, then mm-hmm. they could accidentally give away too much. And then then you're in a position maybe you call to check around. it just it it's the way it goes down. It happens. It's kind of human nature, but it's really But it also increases our anxiety because we don't know and right. we're like panicking yeah. all of a sudden. Yeah. So I mean, in one way that I have dealt with that in the past, and I don't want this to sound callous, but um, I always knew that they would either come to your house or they wouldn't. I mean, no yeah. phone call is good. Yeah. Um. So, and and I don't say that lightly. I have, you know, I have friends that have had the knock on the door. So I yeah. I'm fully aware of how that may sound to some people who aren't um, familiar. But um, yeah. So that was just kind of my once again. I have no control over that. So I have to let that go. I had, I just relinquished that. Not to say I'm not ever stressed about, you know, or nervous or worried because that's certainly ever present, but it's just one of my ways you deal of, with it. Ways I deal with it. Yeah. Yeah. So, woo, pra- I step three. Um, I, know, I know. Practicing <laughs> how we have to practice tolerating uncertainty. So we pick three mm-hmm. things a week um, or even one or two, if three feels like too many, but <laughs> identify them you know, think about what it is you're, you're feeling anxious or worried or uncertain about, and then kind of sit with it. And so what's the the next Uh, step after that? Write it down. Step four is write it down, write it down, write it down, write it down. Like hold yourself accountable. You're, you're making those lists anyway, write it down (laughs) Mm -hmm. and, and, and scale yourself, grade yourself on it. So, um, what did you do? How did you feel? Um, what did happened? it all turn out? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> did anybody die? No, probably not. Did the house burn down? Probably not. Um, and if something did happen, if it didn't turn out as planned, what did you do? Um, so this is all just, you know, keeping a diary of all of your little, your testing of yourself, your exposures to see. And I'm going to make a, a plug again here. Um, and believe me, I love me some journals. So I, I'm all in favor of writing things down, but I am going to make another plug here for the voice memo app on your phone. Um, mm-hmm. Maybe you don't have time to sit and literally write it in a journal, but when you're in the car by yourself, record, like kind of coach, do a little coaching session with yourself. Like what, what went on? How did I feel? What happened? And, um, maybe replay that back the next time you are feeling away. So once you, once you write it down, it makes it a little more concrete and then you can actually go back and sort of, um, compare as you, as time goes on, maybe Mm -hmm. at the end of the week, you're looking, you know, at all of the events and all of the things that you did and what are you, what are you more successful at? What areas do you need to focus a little more on, you know, if you're, if you were able to relinquish some of the list making, but the distraction piece is like jumping out at you is kind of your, your main one that you're struggling with, then you, you kind of have a, a, a range of what you need to work on. Yeah. Okay. And then, yeah, step five is just recording it. I mean, so you've got it written down and then recording, um, all the things that go down. So ask yourself the following questions. Did things turn out okay? Even if I was not a hundred percent certain. If they didn't, what happened? What did I do to cope with the negative outcome? Was I able to handle the negative outcome? And then what does this tell me about my ability to cope with negative outcomes in the future? You know what this sounds like to me? So in the military, every little thing you do, you have to have what's called an Mm -hmm. after action review or an AAR. It's kind of like you're AARing your anxiety. (laughs) 
Well, we did this even with like, you know, marketing campaigns yeah. and, and this is, this is work stuff. This is personal stuff. I mean, I do this yeah. with the kids when they take a test, you know, like, yeah. okay, well, how did, how much did we study? And, you know, if it, you didn't get the grade you wanted, okay, well, what do we do next time to improve or do better? Mm-hmm. And I feel like your problem is you didn't read the directions. So guess what we're going to yeah. do now? I want you to copy the directions down, you know, like little things yeah. like that. Um, to be able to to work on the weaknesses in your strategy. Um, and again, this is 100% about exposure. Right. And realizing and reaffirming to yourself that the house didn't burn down because you didn't yeah. get all of your groceries, Claire. Yeah. <laughs> it's the idea of really focusing on like, when you do allow this uncertainty, it, it's not going to go perfectly. Like things will right. go wrong and yep. you can sit yep. with that. You can be okay with that. You can go back to the store for what you forgot. You can, um, you know, look for houses later, closer to time mm-hmm. when you actually, you know, could make an offer or put down a deposit. Um, yeah. So yeah, there's, you've just got to learn to be okay that it, it's probably going to have some hiccups, but it's how mm-hmm. we deal with that and um, more comfortable yeah. with it that matters. And I love this. They're calling, they're saying, um, you're as if it, you know, quotes as if, um, is a muscle. So build your as if muscle and make it stronger. So do your exercises every day yeah. and stay committed. And then you'll have the as if beach body. Oh, I just oh, had it all the way back around. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> well, I love the idea. And I, I read this in a book about anxiety. I'll have to go back and look at the title of it and I'll link it, but it talks a lot about how you almost just have to tell yourself that like this thing is very uncomfortable, but I can mm. deal with discomfort. I can, mm. I can still function even though I'm uncomfortable. And that's something I have to kind of think through and work through. Um, for me, like medical stuff, like when I have to go to the doctor, mm. I'm like, this is very uncomfortable for me. I hate being here, but I can, I can, I can be uncomfortable. Like I'm okay. Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay, so you guys, there's one other thing that we wanted to bring up, and it is another article that we will plug in the show notes. But there are um, they've they've this uh, talent smart. It's actually like a professional sort of uh, publication um, about recruiting. Have compiled a list of 11 ways that people um, they're calling them emotionally intelligent people. So they're making a tie between um, that and you read self aware here, right. you guys. Um, how those people overcome uncertainty. So these are the people that are less allergic. To uncertainty. So there's 11 ways that people um, that feel like they don't struggle with this um, do, like how what they're, oh my God, <laughs> 11 ways they overcome uncertainty. Um, so take a peek at those and they might be good ways or good things to put into practice or at least be cognizant of um, that there are alternate ways of dealing with adverse sort of um, experiences that may trigger you into this like anxiety or feeling of not being able to, to handle uncertainty. Yeah. And while it's a very practical article, it's also one you just maybe want to sit with and like really think through each of those strategies. Mm -hmm. So just for time, we don't have the time here to go through it, but we do highly encourage you to take a look at it. We do want to go back to episode 14. We had a great response from this. We've had so many reach out to us. Um, We talked a lot about in episode 14, the things we wish non-military affiliated people, including our friends and families, Um, the things we wish they knew. And Mm -hmm. Kelly, we're going to go back and check in on our advice for that one. Mine was just to be present and be grateful when I do travel home and not bring home the physical baggage. And for me, that's one that's going to have to be on hold because we're not traveling for several more weeks, about a month. 
Um, but I'm keeping it in mind. So that's my advice from last week. And um, I feel good about it because I've continued to think about it, even though it's not here yet. I'm, I'm kind of pre-gaming for how I'm going to do that. <laughs> I like it. Yeah. And so same with mine. It's kind of just to stay committed to the advice that I have yet to really have the opportunity to put into practice. Mine was uh, basically being a little more aware and um, kind to people who are approaching me or maybe infringing on my boundaries that I've internally set up that they are maybe unaware of or, um, you know, again, well-intentioned, but I just want to make sure that I am delivering those boundaries and those expectations <laughs> in a, in a way that's not, um, hurtful. So I'm still doing, I mean, you know, working on it hasn't really presented itself. I don't have a specific example to share as of yet. Um, but I'll keep you guys posted. So for me, that's just my faith um, and how I can look back on the past and see how God's been faithful to walk me through or bring me through difficult things. And as it relates to military moves, like I can get in a real tizzy about, well, will everything work out okay at the next place? Will my kids have friends? Will I find a job? And I can always look back and see, even though I might have worried about it, heading into a new situation, I can always see how rich and full our lives have been each place. And that gives me a lot of strength. It's like almost like a snowball that builds of like, okay, the first time I wasn't sure. And the second time and the third, and each time it's just been better and better. And so um, I'm relying on that as a way to help cope with what feels like uncertainty in the coming year. Yeah. I love that. Cause I mean, it's always helpful no matter what your faith is to have right. something to like rely on and something to just kind of blindly trust uh, because there's so much that is outside of our control. Right. That's great. Right. What Love about that. you? Um, so mine is a little similar, but my advice around this topic would be um, to be a little more mindful of your, your situation and like anchor yourself in the present. So mm-hmm. um, a lot of the the stuff that we came across while reading, you know, had you know, the, the, the one article that we spent a lot of time on had a lot of practical application, but many of the different places we found information on this brought it back to um, mindfulness yeah. and breathing and just trying to like be present and center yourself. So um, I have a friend named Morales and I want to plug her. I need to find her new website. She's moved her website, but she's a military spouse that I just met and she uh, practices Reiki and wellness and all sorts of really great stuff. She related us through some meditations during the Make Her event that I was at not too long ago. And she just posted this short, sweet little um, wellness moment on her Facebook page the other day. And it's the practice called Two Feet, One Breath. (laughs) I just freaking loved it. She's like, and she just like, okay, take a minute, close your eyes, take a deep breath. Feel your left foot, feel your heel, feel your sole, feel your toes, Mm -hmm. feel your right foot, feel your heel, feel your sole, feel your toes. Take one deep breath and that's it. Like that was it. But it was like, okay. It's a grounding practice. It's a grounding thing to get you back in the, you know, physically back out of your head and into your. Yes. I just loved it. I was like, that is simple. That's catchy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, you can repeat it to yourself. Um, and just as a kind of a random example, I have like a mantra on my phone homepage. Um, and it is, may I be happy? May I be well? May I be peaceful and at ease? That's it. It's That's just nice. a loving kindness sort of meditation for, for me to remind myself, like, if I want to grab my phone and be distracted, right? Ooh, or like, yeah. right? 
I have to get past that home screen before I unlock my phone. So mm-hmm. I try to keep things like that on there just to remind me like, okay, just take a second. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, so those are my things. And maybe just to try to practice that a little more um, regularly right? Um, throughout the week. And that, that should be So it becomes more of your go-to instead of like a last resort. <laughs> yeah, instead of a panic. Like, oh my God. <laughs> Hit the red button, like help. <laughs> Although Headspace does have a button like that. That's <laughs> it's great. got an, it's got great. an SOS button. That's the app that helps uh, with meditation, you guys. So mm-hmm. check that out too. <laughs> Which am I making this up? Did I not see? I feel like they're offering a free membership. Yep. Yeah, you have to go through Blue Star Families if you're a military-affiliated um, family member, um, yeah. and you can get another uh, free subscription, I think, for a year. I'm not sure if it's got a time limit on it. They did it for a while, and then um, people were abusing it, of oh. course, uh, like spreading it to people. You know, it, it got a little too out of hand. People, too many people were using right. it. So they've tightened up the the way in which you apply for it. But yeah, it's pretty easy. You just you register for a membership, and then you can download it, and it'll link to you yeah. as a Blue Star Family member. It's awesome. Mm-hmm. I love that it. That is awesome. Very awesome. Okay. Well, I feel less uncertain after having this Aww. talk, Kelly. I feel certain that I'm going to tackle my day and my week and all the things coming up that I don't know all the details about. Um, I'm feeling oh, armed and equipped. So, yay. Thanks for joining us this week on Advice Not Given. For resources and links to all the things mentioned in today's episode, head over to our website milspogurus.com that's m-i-l-s-p-o-g-u-r-u-s if you enjoyed this episode please help others find us by adding your thoughts to an itunes review and subscribing so you never miss a show if you're interested in being a next level supporter of our endeavors check out our patreon page you can pledge as little as a dollar per episode to help us out with expenses think of it as eavesdropping on our coffee date but then sending over a latte it's a thing also, be sure to find us on Instagram and Facebook at Gurus, where we keep the conversation going and where you can share your advice not given.